Go ahead, make my day. Welcome to the Jamie Lee Show. How are we doing today? Hope you're doing great and enjoying this summer of 2022. Stories. They educate us, entertain us, and help us relate to others. We've either been told or have been told stories our entire lives. Some true, some false. However, regardless of factual accuracy, there's no denying the reality that the right story delivered at the right time can give us hope, turning what feels like a bitter end into a situation that we'll someday laugh about with our friends. The right story can motivate us to take a chance. The right story can inspire us to make a change. Or perhaps the right story is simply a story to remind us that life is downright strange. Well, this podcast is full of stories intended to do all those things, except unlike Some of the fairy tales and fables that you were told while growing up, these stories aren't works of fiction. These are real stories about real people. You'll learn about people who got exactly what they had coming, and characters who proved just how badass and bizarre some humans really are. So whether you're dealing with heartbreak, facing another one of life's headaches, or just looking for a reason to laugh about your mistakes, Our show has a story for you. Going back to the topic of fairy tales, I'm almost positive that everyone listening to this is familiar with the story La Belle Out de la Petite. No? What if I told you that's Beauty and the Beast? Written by the French novelist Gabriel Suzanne Barbeau de Valenvoux and published in a collection of her stories in 1740, the tale of love overcoming even the most monstrous of physical and behavioral effects is pretty damn romantic, right? Hmm, not really. You see, the story wasn't a fairy tale. In fact, it was quite the opposite. It was a damn nightmare. Because the intention of La Belle à la Le Petite wasn't to enamor the masses with a story of everlasting love. The purpose of the romance was to groom young girls for the possibility of an arranged marriage, an all-too-common practice for much of the world, and 18th century France was not immune to this type of premarital marital turmoil. Now, remember what I said earlier about stories helping us through hard times? Well, I can't think of anything worse than being forced to marry some gross dude you never met for your family's benefit. And I'd imagine Villeneuve couldn't either, which is why she chose to write a story that hopefully made the ordeal feel less terrible. Think of it this way. Your significant other might suck from time to time, but hey, at least you chose to be with them. Anyway... 
Now that I've destroyed the backstory to one of your favorite love stories, allow me to continue doing what I do best for the rest of this podcast, teaching you some history, full strength and far from watered down. Keep in mind, the following stories will be nothing like the ones you've heard in school. Few things in life will make you feel as dumb as getting ghosted. But you know what? Getting ghosted is a blessing because anybody who won't give you the courtesy of giving it to you straight is somebody you don't need in your life anyway. So, if you get ghosted, keep doing your thing and make sure the person who ghosted you lives to absolutely regret it. Be like Edith Wharton. By the year 1905, Edith had already made quite a name for herself as an author and a wordsmith. Sadly, her literary success did not carry into her marriage. Apparently, her husband was kind of an angry scumbag. And like unhappily married people have been known to do, she had an affair. It began in 1907 when a kindred spirit and fellow writer by the name of William Morton Fullerton Edith was head over heels for this guy and thought for sure he was the soul mate most people only dream of meeting. Unfortunately, the affair was short-lived, as Fullerton disappeared on her sometime in 1908. Yep, he straight up ghosted her rear end. Now, over the years, she did what she could do to define him and make contact by writing hundreds of letters. Yes, hundreds in an attempt to get some closure. But Mr. Scumbag Fullerton never bothered to even give her her a response. So, realizing all her worrying was dumb, Edith gave up and got on with her life. In 1913, she divorced her husband and moved to France. There, she continued to write, and in 1916, she received the French Legion of Honor Award for her work during the war. In 1921, she became the first woman ever to win a Pulitzer Prize for her novel, The Age of Innocence. As a saucy scholarly boss, she never remarried and spent the rest of her life riding in the French Riviera with her dogs, her garden, and her close friends. She even went to receive the three Nobel Prize nominations before her death in 1937. And what did Fullerton do with his life? Not much. His claim to fame was dating Edith, and a selection of the letters she wrote to him were eventually published in a book. Yeah, although he didn't respond, he received and saved every single one, all 400 of them. Suddenly sending five texts in a row doesn't seem so bad now, does it? You see, getting ghosted is not the end of the world. If someone ghosts you, hot their butt with your success. Or just get, like, super attractive. Either way, you win, they lose. Don't you just hate... Don't you just hate it when someone asks you to prove something? I mean, not only are they calling you a liar, they're also questioning your ability to represent yourself. Essentially, they are insulting you twice. The good news 
This kind of scrutiny generally means you're really good at something. And no matter what it is, whether it be writing, performing, broadcasting, maybe you play sports or you're just looking hot, jealous people will always question anything that seems too good to be true. Ever heard of Niccolo Panginini? No? Well, that's too bad. You should probably stop watching reality TV shows and get some culture in your life because Niccolo was perhaps the greatest violinist of all time. Born in northern Italy in 1782, Niccolo developed his musical prowess at a young age, and by 1813, he was regarded by many as the best violinist in European history. He amassed a cult-like following of fans. I believe these are called groupies. He was the first real rock star, both on and especially off the stage. But what Paganini did with his private parts was really none of our business. <laughs> so let's get back to the music and not his manhood. Niccolo was such a talented musician that a vast majority of folks were convinced he wasn't human. Thus, a rumor began to spread that he was actually the son of the devil and his violin contained the soul of a woman he had killed and imprisoned inside. Yeah, pretty ridiculous. But these rumors became so intense and widely believed that in order to continue traveling and performing, Niccolo was forced to prove his humanity by publishing letters and birth documentation from his mother. After proving he wasn't the son of Satan, he was allowed to continue jamming out. But the belief that he was associated with the devil never really went away and fear continued to affect his career. Honestly, so what if Niccolo's dad were the devil, as long as Niccolo put on a good show, right? I mean, come on. Nearly every successful name in music has disabled in the dark arts at least once in a while. Life? Hell. I've had songs. I don't even like stuck in my head for years at a time. <laughs> That's some damn witchcraft, if you ask me. Anyway, the moral of the story, if people doubt you, hate on you, and constantly seem to be out to get you, it usually means you're doing something right. So keep on trucking, my friends. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our podcast for today with stories and about haters are going to hate, right? And if you ever get ghosted, don't worry about it. You see, getting ghosted is not the end of the world, right? So that wraps it up for our show today. Thanks for listening because the best day of my life is right here with you.